A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus came to a Samaritan city named Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty That water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying that I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then the disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want? Or, Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. 
Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to please be seated for our sermon. With God beside us, God above us, and God within us. A few weeks ago, many of us reverently received ashes on our foreheads, marking the beginning of Lent. That seems like a long time ago. Few of us understood that day what a memorable Lenten season this would be. A Lent filled with self-denial and regulated denial. Filled with anticipation and anxiety, and with a communal yearning for what Easter promises. Yes, this is a different Lent, a Lent shared with the world, and yet, here we are today, not our usual gathering mode, but together, sharing the love of Christ that unites us, and God is present here as well as where you are. As a touch of spring in the middle of the constant 24-hour news cycle, It's so wonderful to hear these inspirational readings from Exodus and the Gospel of John. Psalm 95 is so beautiful and so perfect for today, for he is our God and we are his people. You might want to read that a few times in the weeks ahead. John's Gospel constantly reminds us that God is with us now, that God is here beside you. Jesus provides presence, comfort, promise, and hope. I don't know about you, but I needed to hear that today. I need to hear that every day. A lot of people need to hear that. Today's gospel setting is Samaria at a well. Samaria was sandwiched between Galilee in the north and Judea, where Jerusalem was in the south. The people of Samaria had practiced their own religion for many, many years, hundreds. They had their own temple 
and the Jews considered them to be Gentiles, which means not Jewish. There were many Jewish laws forbidding contact with these unclean people. And on this particular trip, Jesus has chosen to go through a Samaria on his way back to Galilee. Just choosing to travel through Samaria was not something that a Jew did easily or without forethought. In fact, most would go around. John tells us that Jesus is resting at Jacob's well, a well of religious importance to Jew and Samarian alike. Jesus is tired. He's thirsty. He has nothing to help him get water from the bottom of that well. He waits. It's hot. It's dusty. It's the middle of the day. In a land that when I had the privilege to be there immediately reminded me of rocky and hilly West Texas. He is alone. His disciples have gone off to find food. A woman approaches from the distance with a clay jar to gather her daily water. She immediately sees this man as a Jew, and she knows he will never speak to her, a Samaritan woman. But she needs water. And as she gets closer, he asks her for a drink. He is reaching out to her for help. He needs her. And then they begin to talk. It's obvious as they talk that she is not the least bit intimidated by him. She has had a difficult life. I guess we could say she's probably a little tough. She has come to draw water in the morning. She has not, forgive me, come to draw water in the morning with the other women. No, she has chosen to come at the hottest part of the day to be alone. She holds her own during this conversation. She demonstrates that she is a woman of faith, another faith, but faith. And she tells him that she believes in the coming of a Messiah. And then this Jewish stranger offers her water, living water. It's important to understand what this means. Water plays an important spiritual part in almost all religions because water is essential for life. And in a land without abundant sources of water like Israel, water is celebrated, water is precious, water is holy, water is life. And I think we Texans can relate to that. Living water or moving water is considered purer, more life-sustaining, and is believed to be spirit-filled. And Jesus offers her living water. Water that will give her eternal life in a land that is lived day to day. And with his words, she recognizes and acknowledges her own thirst. And she realizes that here reaching out to her, standing beside her, is the Messiah. And as quickly as she can, she runs back to her village, a village of people that probably just despise her, and she testifies to what's happened. And they believe her. A couple of days ago, I woke up very early, and I decided it was a good time to go to the grocery store. 
I have to admit that I made the trip in total oblivion to the reality of what going to the grocery store means today. And by the time the store opened, there were 50 people waiting to rush in. Once inside, I saw the empty shelves. For most of my adult life, I have lived 60 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. I have personally prepared for over 20 hurricanes. I know the drill. But this is not a preparation that I have experienced before, that any of us have experienced before. We are walking down a path a bit apart that we haven't traveled together. But what really struck me once I got inside that grocery store and once I got past the shock of the empty paper aisle was all the water that people were buying. Cases and cases of bottled water. Gallons and gallons of bottled water. Even distilled water. Now, I understand why we do that when a hurricane is coming, because it's likely they're going to turn off our water when we get flooding. But I wondered, had I missed something that the CDC had said? I even asked people whose carts did not contain water if there was something I didn't know. And they were just like me. They looked at me and went. And so I drove home. All I could think about was the water, about the life-giving water that God washes us with at baptism. And all I could think about is how important to this very day the gift of water is to us all, Christian, non-Christian, all of us. We cherish it, we celebrate it, we depend on it because it brings us life. And I thought maybe, just maybe, All those people pushing their carts full of water are looking for more than something that will temporarily quench their thirst. Maybe they are also searching to have an inner thirst quenched, like the lady at the well. Today, there are hungry and thirsty people everywhere. People searching through the empty shelves for God's love and looking to share it if they find it. Yesterday, out of the blue, someone suggested on my neighborhood email list that perhaps young and healthy people might sign up if they were available to help, and I add prudently help, older neighbors or strangers who might need living water. Now, in my neighborhood, those were not the words used. They did not say living water, but that is what they meant. Help with things like picking up a prescription or getting some groceries or running an errand. I was so taken to see how many people immediately offered their names to help total strangers on this list. I live in the middle of Austin, Texas, a place that some choose to avoid much like Samaria. And this was happening. John's story of the woman at the well should speak to all of us. We are all living through a different and challenging Lent. And yet it is a Lent that still calls us for self-reflection and yearns for restoration. We walk through this together. We're not alone. Jesus walked many miles in our story in a hot and dusty and hostile land, 
to meet a total stranger. He reached out to her. He shared his gift of living water. He reaches out to you and me today and every day. God is with us. The presence, the comfort, the promise, and the hope of Jesus is given to us to share. Let us continue this walk together, knowing full well that as the red buds bloom and the wildflowers begin to dazzle here in Texas, Easter is coming. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.